Hello, everybody. Welcome to a bonus episode of Buds and Blue Jays. This is episode 116. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. Riley, tell the folks what we're in for today on our bonus episode of Buds and Blue Jays here. This is the mid-season review, Mm -hmm. the halfway point, whatever you want to call it. We are at the All-Star break. We just had the Celebrity All-Star game, a personal favorite of mine, Brett Boone. Won the Celebrity All-Star Game MVP, rightfully so. Played great defense um, at the right side of the infield, first and second base, and also had two pops. I watched that this afternoon. It was an hour and a half, a five-inning game. Um, Did not disappoint. It's just one of those things that I always like to watch, um, you know. and, And, hey, man, honestly... We're here for Blue Jays baseball. It is around the All-Star break, but we need to talk about what was the unofficial first half of this season. This is not in our job description, Jesse, but it's certainly our duty to cover these sort of things, man, because, I mean, we got a lot to talk about, man. And, I mean, we're going to kind of maybe point note some stuff, but uh, there's, there's, I mean, there's a lot of storylines in this season. And has it been a fun season? I guess it has. It's really tough to say, man. This is, there's a lot of question marks in in our minds. We'll discuss all this stuff, but baseball is a fun game. It's the greatest game on the planet. We love the Blue Jays, us being Canadian, loving the Jays since we were young. This is what we do. This is what we're here for. I love me some recaps. I love to spit out player statistics. That's my gig, man. So, hey, man, probably probably the most fun I've had in months, you know, talking about the whole team. The whole team mm-hmm. now, because this is a team game. This is 26 guys. Now we're going to talk about, you know, most, if not all, of, uh, of you know, those 26 guys that we'll touch on. Yeah, we're going to go through the first half of the season, talk about things that have impressed us, talk about things that we think, hey, the Blue Jays should do a little bit better. we got to talk about all the major storylines. How did things differ now um, versus what we thought of this team in the offseason and so much more. But before we get into it deeper, guys, first, remember, like the video, subscribe to the channel. We need to get that numbers up and we need you guys listening at home to help us do just that. So please like the video, subscribe to our channel, five-star review on all the podcast platforms and all that stuff. And if you've been tuning along for us for the last little bit, you know that this is episode 116, so we do fun little bonus fun things, fun little stats. You know, we've had some good ones for the last few episodes, and it'll be no different for this one. 116 is our magic number today, and that is also the number of home runs that Josh Donaldson hit in his career as a Toronto Blue Jay. It's the number of wins Jimmy Key had as a Toronto Blue Jay. And 116 was Teoscar Hernandez's career-high RBI total with the Blue Jays in 2021. 20, and 116 in hitting war in Blue Jays' all-time list is Mookie Wilson. And number 116 in pitching war in the all-time Blue Jays list is a guy who's still kind of with the team today. That is our pitching coach, Pete Walker. So, Riley, five players there to flash you back down memory lane with the number 116. MVP winner Josh Donaldson. Jimmy Key was a fantastic, fantastic lefty arm. Uh, Pete Walker, yes, he has played, I believe he played for a ton of teams. I don't know. And then, of course, Teoscar Hernandez, got to get him in there. Longtime Blue Jay, great power bat. Um, another all-star to um, mm-hmm. add when he was with the with our Toronto Blue Jays. So, yeah, 116, crazy amount of pods, man. Plenty more to come, man. We, gotta, we still got, hey, still got half the season left. I don't know what the series is and what all it's all going to add up to and all, all those extra playoff pods we're going to have to do. But, um, yeah, let's uh, let's dive right into it, man. Let's rip, let's rip this open, Jesse. And with our tweezers, pick apart 
This 2023 Toronto Blue Jays team's first half performance. All right, yeah, let's talk about where they stand in the standings right now. So as of things stand going into the All-Star break, the Blue Jays have a record of 50 wins and 41 losses, Riley. Now, I will say that is a better record than they had last year going into the All-Star break and the year before that, both the times the Blue Jays were playoff teams. Now, the Blue Jays the last two years each got hotter in the second half. We kind of think the Blue Jays should do that again here. So it is kind of nice that the Blue Jays are playing at a better pace, even though it sure hasn't felt like the Blue Jays have done that. It still doesn't feel like this year's Toronto Blue Jays team has really hit their stride yet we haven't had a moment where things have been going on all cylinders you know we played a lot of tough opponents early in the schedule in fact maybe just the past week or so we started to face some weaker end opponents so I think that all sets up for a good half we are seven games out in the lead though as Tampa Bay has played really hot we are in the second wild card spot right now tied with the Houston Astros and only a game up on the Yankees for being outside of the playoff spot so how do we feel about this, Riley? 50 wins in the unofficial first half are standing in the wild card spot right now. I think we expected more than that, but tell me, how do we feel about the win total for the Blue Jays' first half here? I, I'm not surprised that we are holding on to a wild card spot. The way the American League, the way the American League East is structured, I mean, the Blue Jays are just kind of formulated to not be in first place at the first half. If you were to tell me we did not finish first place by the all-star breaker we're not in that first place position um i i would say that's fine we're probably in the top three and it appears we are it's a dogfight. the rays started off the season as hot as i've ever seen a ball club start off the year the orioles have done nothing but impress this year they are far um, in front of their schedule and their players supposed to be hitting their prime. They have really done a fantastic job in Baltimore. Um, the Yankees are the New York Yankees. Let's just plain and simple, man. We hate playing the Yankees. We hate when they win and they will continue to win. Anytime we lose those games, it seems like the New York Yankees either, you know, win the game the same night. So we will be back and forth with them, man. And Boston, I mean, do not count Boston out. Yes, they are the dark horse for sure in this division as it stands right now. But any five of, of our teams right now in the American League East can go on hot streaks, man. It's like I've said 50 times. It's easily the best division in Major League Baseball. The stats back that up we need to make sure that our head is always above water and we are treading fine in the standings and that we are not dropping too many games consecutively mm -hmm. and you know we have done a fairly good job at that of course nine games of 500 nine games above 500 is a good mark but we definitely need to improve that number you know in you know in basically as july winds down and as august starts up we really by september 1st jesse we really want to be, and I mean, like, I would say 15 to 20 games above, above 500 at the minimum. We really want to lock our spot down. If we're going to make any case for this division title, I'm not saying we're out of it, man, but we have to play good baseball, starting with the next inning we take the field and let that and have a good, like, three-week span. I mean, we really need to make some ground. But second wildcard spot, Jesse, if it was the first, I wouldn't be surprised. If it was the third, I wouldn't be surprised. If we were out of a playoff spot, I would be surprised. But mm -hmm. we're standing, you know, maybe a couple wins shy of what I thought this team could possibly do. But I still like where we sit, Jesse. It's just so damn 
competitive. I did not expect a team like the Baltimore Orioles, Orioles to really, really take over in, in a lot of cases and have the success they have, have had to start this year. I think the Jays, I think our plan for the Blue Jays here is that they still want to win the division, right? I think winning the AL East is still our goal. And I know it seems hard. There's two teams in front of us and we're seven games back. So the Blue Jays are going to have to play really good. But I still believe the Blue Jays have it in them to do that. It's just because, like I said, they're going to hit their stride at some point. They haven't yet, right? You never want to peak too early. You want to make sure the Blue Jays are getting hot at the right time going into the second half. Um, we've talked on our episode here against Detroit about maybe some like innings pitches concerned or maybe at bats concerned. And the Blue Jays have actually, Riley, stayed relatively healthy this year. We had like a Danny Jansen injury and George Springer battled the flu, but we haven't had like knock on wood. We've had some ineffectiveness, but we haven't really had a major injury take place. Um, so knock on wood, let's hope it stays that way. But the Blue Jays have been relatively healthy. So that's kind of interesting. And I'm going to go through some splits here, unless you had something you want to add on that before we go for that. No, and, and we want to continue to play healthy ball, Jesse. Yeah. Of course, that is that ideally, like we could be in a better spot. Um, but hey, man, like we have we have good health right now. Like you said, knock on wood, but we need to continue with that sort of upward trend, uh, really, because we can't afford to drop games, um, you know, too consecutively, too quick after the all-star break, man. It's very, very important. We need to gain, we need to start gaining ground and almost never losing ground at all, Jesse. Okay, so I'm going to go by the Blue Jays record month by month. In March, we were 1-0. That was opening day, a game we won 10-9. Remember that. The month of April actually went well for us. We went 17-10 and 10 that month. And then the month of May, the Blue Jays did not play that well. We went 11-17 and 17 that month, but we still scored more runs than we gave up, which seems wild to me. In the month of June, the Blue Jays went 16-11, and 11, and so far in July, we are 5-3. and three. So just the one real bad month in there. And if you look at some of the other stuff, the Blue Jays are 15-9 and nine in one-run games right now. We are 16-7 and seven in interleague play. You know, we're 5-5 five and five in extra innings games. So we're 0-7 against the Red Sox this year, but we're 6-0 and 0 against the White Sox this year. So just uh, some wild stats. Any of those things? Is there a trend here with any of these? anything you're concerned about or anything you're encouraged by in those stats i'm definitely pumped because we're playing every team in the league now uh mm -hmm. getting those wins against interleague teams is is very important of course jesse you always want to beat up on your division guys so losing seven to boston that's tough but we'll make up for it in other departments also the month that we were 11 and 15 i believe you said it may the plus run differential is still very important um so those we might have lost some close ball games in that uh, i think probably a couple games we probably had some double digit um ones in there i'm sure we did we've had a couple this year so i mean it's i'm not surprised run differential I had this conversation with someone uh, lately. I don't know who it was. It could have been some Friday night at the karaoke bar about run differential and how, what I, how I thought it was very important to have that because it tells you a lot about a team um, without even really looking at the record. But of course, Jesse, playoff spots aren't based off run differentials. They're based off wins and losses. So if anything, sure. yes, it's great, but we really just got to Get it where it matters, man, and that's get the win. There are no ties in baseball. It's one of the best things. That's why they added the runner on second base rule um, so we can avoid those 14, 15, 16 inning games. Um, we've gone 11 before. We yeah, ended up twice. winning that one. Yeah, I, I mean, hey, those are to win those games in the clutches is, is big. 
We obviously, I think the most important thing besides winning games is winning those close games and winning those divisional games, man, like the a series against the Yankees, the series against the, the Orioles or the Rays. Like those, those are the 10 out of 10 most important ones to win. Okay, so I think we're expecting bigger things here for the second half of the Toronto Blue Jays to see if they can really go and hit their stride. Before we get into the top storylines, before we get into individual player grades and all the stats, Riley, let's take a look behind the bench and let's think about John Schneider now because it was around this time last year John Schneider actually got the role. And if you look at just his pure win total since he came over, I think he's played at like a 95 win pace managing the Toronto Blue Jays. So you could say... That is pretty good. But there have been a lot of times, especially earlier through the season, that we've thought, hey, maybe the Blue Jays should make a move behind John Schneider. Like, John Schneider doesn't have this team playing to its full potential yet. So I wanted to get your thoughts, Riley. How do we feel about the John Schneider staff and the coaching regime so far in the first half of the season? So I'm just going to mention I really like what John Schneider has done. I really like his involvement with the team, that he's been the guy that was there in the minor leagues. The only thing I had wrong, let's just talk about it real quick. You know, the mind collapse there with Alec Manoa, the mountain visit twice and had to take him off the hill. Yeah, that was a stupid move. Never do that yep. again. Um, <laughs> nope. But what I like, Jesse, um, is that he hasn't been afraid to switch up the batting order. And he has done that as of recent He's we've seen wit at the top of the order with George Springer out on paternity leave. We've seen Brandon Belt hit in the three spot. We've seen guys get shuffled around uh, based off which pitchers throwing and how hot some hitters are. And I'm a fan of that. Does that recipe work every time? Does him switching up the batting order work every time? Well, it should, to, in all honesty, and this comes down to players underperforming. And Jesse, we've had, like, there's been a lot of good seasons starting up so far. I think Witt's done fantastic, Bo Bichette, but there's a lot of guys, man, in this batting order that should be doing more things. We'll obviously touch on them. No spoilers at all. You know, our big bats, we should, we don't have a single player with 20 home runs. We should have at least one player with 20 home runs and yep. a, maybe two more with 15 home runs. One of them is Bo, like Bo Bichette has 15 home runs. That's above my expectation, but guess what? He leads our team in big dings. We should have more. The power is really missing from this lineup right now. I really hope some of that is restored because we'll need it in those games. Clutch, timely hits are great, but also a big blast in a big way to put you on the board. Is It's been a, a great thing for, for baseball, man. When you got runners on and you can hit a ball over the fence, I mean – if that that could be the deciding moment of a ball game, Jesse. Yeah, we've talked about this in a few of our episodes going back, but let's touch on it a little more. Like the Blue Jays in terms of just pure home runs scored, I think we're yeah, we're 16th. We have 101 home runs. We're right in the middle league average in home runs. But if you look at stuff like slugging percentage and stuff like that, the Blue Jays are, yeah, we're 12th. If you look at things like our hard hit rate, we're up there as well in the top five of baseball. It's weird, Riley. Like we're hitting the ball hard. We're hitting it with authority. It's just not leaving the yard. So at some point, do you think like, hey, this is going to change? Like guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. should hit more home runs. I think we expected, you know, Matt Chapman still leads American League in doubles, I think, but we kind of expected his home run total to be higher. Dalton Varsho hit 27 home runs for the Diamondbacks last year. I think we expected 
his home run to be higher. And same with Brandon Belt, honestly, who has never been the massive home run threat. But I think we thought getting him out of San Francisco, bringing him to Toronto, his home run numbers should be higher. But I think he's only got four or five on the year for Brandon Belt. So six on the year for Belt. Six on the year for Belt. Yeah, it's still that's a number we thought should be much higher for Brandon Belt. So I don't know. You know, we didn't lose a ton of power. Like Lourdes Gurriel Jr. only hit four home runs for us last year. So we didn't lose that. We did lose Teoscar Hernandez, I guess, but we thought we would be getting more into that. And it's just, yeah, I think that's something the Blue Jays should look to acquire, I guess, as we get into the trade deadline. But the lack of power has been very noticeable for the first half of the season this year. I mean, and it is, I mean, hey, acquiring a guy is is great. But for me right now, a lot of it is is on the players. I really thought, you know, Vladdy hasn't had a total wash of a year. But the expectation for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is that level of superstar. And he has just simply, you know, defensively, yes, he has been a fantastic first baseman. But at the plate, man, he has just simply been league average. And we just can't have that from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I mean, I know he's a bit better than league average. But yeah, for us, that, but yeah. we, we just expect so much more, Jesse. It that's, feels that's like he's lead average. And the clutch, hey, as of late, as of late, Jesse, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been cl- a clutch hitter for this ball club. I hope that trend continues because there was times where Vladdy was really slumping, and he did slump with the, the home run for quite some times and extra base hits. We're starting to see more and more of that. So that, if that is an upward trend, sign me up for that because we really need Vladdy's bat in this lineup, driving in, not only driving in runs, but hitting the long ball as well um, because he's going to be hitting in basically the middle of this order and we get, we're going to need him. Uh, it's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. We've said it on this show. I And I'll kind of revoke something because I, I think Bo Bichette has been our best position player this year. But Great. if you add Vladdy yeah. at the top of his game and have those one, two guys, then I'm not going to say it's unstoppable, but it's pretty damn potent if you ask me. Yeah, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. so far, no, he's a first baseman, so it's tough to accumulate a good war number as a first baseman, but he isn't even a one win above replacement player so far this season. is at 0.5 war. And the offensive war, Riley, over his last three seasons, his MVP year was 54. Last year, it was 19.2. So far this year, it's just literally 6.2. So that needs to be better from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I think, hey, look, he's our best player. I've said it before. I'll say it again. This team's only going to go as far as your best players take you. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. needs to step up, put this team on his back for the Blue Jays to reach the World Series aspirations that we have for this team. I I couldn't agree more with you, Jesse. As far as Vladdy goes, six hits shy of 100 before the All-Star break. Those aren't bad numbers. Posting a 274 batting average also isn't isn't that bad. Again, and I'm saying these things isn't that bad, but we need great numbers. And the other one I have, too, is the gripe is that he's not being selective enough at the plate. He's only drawn 31 walks this year, and those strikeout numbers have you know kind of gone up in a sense. He's on pace for 100 strikeouts this year, Jesse. So, mm-hmm. hey, you tell me, man, whatever part of the game needs to change for him, it has to happen, and it needs to happen now because we are in such a good – we have put ourselves, Jesse, the Blue Jays have put themselves in a really good spot to do some damage in these upcoming weeks, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. needs to be a piece of that offense – for us to really explode and take off and make some ground in the pennant race, which is the American League East. Yeah, so let's go over some of the big major storylines now that have happened for the Toronto Blue Jays in the first half of the season. And Riley, I think the biggest thing that has happened for the Toronto Blue Jays, especially coming into the season to where we are now, is the whole Alec Manoa saga, Riley. Like, 
This guy was a third in Cy Young Award voting last year. This is a guy whose slider looked like the most unhittable pitch in the league, you know, and he started our first playoff game for us, right? Like Alec Manoa was supposed to be the guy that we expected to be towards the top of the rotation again. And not only was he not do that, he showed up into camp a little out of shape. His slider just seemed to disappear, like fall off the face of the earth, which is amazing to happen. And it, it cumulatively led to him being sent down to the Florida Complex League where he had to learn to rebuild his stuff. There has been very rare a pitcher has just fallen from grace off the earth just like that, like that dramatically too. And now we're at the point of the season where we started to see the rise again from Alec Manoa. We saw him pitch in New Hampshire. We just did our episode in Detroit where we saw him come back and pitch here. So that has been the major storyline. What do you take away from the Alec Manoa saga of the first half of the season? Well, it's certainly, I'll say this, Jesse, it certainly was very unexpected. I know that there were statistics uh, at glance at the start of the year that really did not have Manoa having a successful season. And I was a non-believer in those stats. I thought there's no way that we're going to see that much of a shift and that much of a decline in such a good, promising young pitcher because promising is the word. I mean, when you come out, Jesse, and have a year like Alec Manoa did last year at the age he has and the MLB experience he has. I mean, your your eyes, like it's cartoon. You just turn your eyes turn into like the money signs. Like you're like, this is this is gold. This is gold for Blue Jays fans. This is gold for the franchise. Alec Manoa cannot be beat. And well, Jesse, first half of the year, we can look back and say, like, I hope this is the worst stretch of games that he puts together in his MLB career because they were just simply not good. A three and seven record, not going to get you there. Basically, four, five strikeouts to four walks, I think the ratio, whatever that is, basically five Ks, four walks, and just not nowhere near 100 innings at the, at the All-Star break, obviously because he got sent down. And of course, because he just didn't go deep into some games, sometimes they let him go you know, deep into games where he probably shouldn't have because it is Alec Manoa and there's a ton riding on this guy. I mean, you just hope it's the same deal with Vladdy. It's the same deal with Vladdy. We talk about, you know, because you could say Bo is our best position player. Gosman's easily been our best pitcher. Let's compliment Gosman with a really good Alec Manoa because Mm -hmm. it can't come down to one guy. Yes, one guy pitches at a time. Obviously, I know that. But when we, we need... Basically, we can't go from a for sh- almost a for sure thing to basically throwing the towel, boys. Alec Manoa's on the bump. Like, we've already lost this game. That can't happen when we're as close to uh, the, the other teams in, in the division in the, in, in the American League that we are and in the fight that we are. We can't go out and just say, well, Manoa's lost all control. He's lost all movement. He's getting hit around. And yes, that did happen. And whatever rehabilitation happened, whatever adjustments he made, like it worked for one game against Detroit. I'll say that eight punch outs and no walks is great, but that needs to keep going on. When we face a team like the Yankees or the Houston Astros, like, you got to be real sharp and on your game because you're not facing a young, young, inexperienced hitters. You're talking guys who have played in the playoffs. You're talking guys that have hit 20 home runs for five years or more. You're talking guys who look at footage and tape. You're talking about successful hitters. You're talking about smart hitters. Alcmanoa is still very inexperienced, very young. Could mm-hmm. re- his career could, at this point, Jesse, really go either way. He has to be sharp on that hill. 
Like he needs to kind of tone it down is as ego wise a little bit. It's a little real. I'm sure he got a reality check big time. Yeah, the start he had in Detroit against the Tigers looked great, but we need that to continue, man, for this for this to really work out because it can't all be on Kevin Gosman. It really is going to be one of the biggest storylines to follow of the second half of this Toronto Blue Jays season is what type of Alec Manoa do we get? I'll be watching every start to see how it goes because if Alec Manoa turns into that stud, the Blue Jays' win potential is going to increase so much more. I also think it might matter what the Blue Jays do at the trade deadline coming up based on whether or not we have an effective and healthy Alec Manoa. We will wait and see. But Riley, another big first-half storyline I want to make sure we touch on is the good starting pitching performances we got from Jose Barrios and Yusei Kikuchi. And this has been a very big sigh of relief because coming into the season, Riley, we weren't sure. Yusei Kikuchi had just given up the most... Or not Yusei Kikuchi. Jose Barrios had just given up the most earned runs in all of the American League. Yusei Kikuchi was walking everybody and got relegated to the bullpen at some point last year. So the fact that they both have been quite solid, like Yusei Kikuchi has been going a five and dive. He actually had a seven inning performance there. He's cut his walk rates dramatically. He's still striking people out. He's inducing soft contact. That's the Yusei Kikuchi that I was thinking we were getting when we signed him two years ago. And then Jose Barrios kind of looks like he might be the best Jose Barrios we've seen yet. Honestly, he still does give up a bit of hard contact, but his ERA is now in the mid threes with a FIP and stuff that seemed to match and seemed to like what he's done. His location has gotten a lot better. He's not giving up as many home runs. He's giving you quality innings too for Jose Barrios. So I think the fact that we got stabilizing performances from both those players have really helped this rotation, well, stabilize and be good and put the Blue Jays to where they are in the playoff positions right now. And if we want to talk about another guy, just throw him in. Uh, Brios, over 100 innings pitch and a mid-threes and exactly 3-5-0 uh, ERA, which is absolutely fantastic. You told me that. If you told me that number at the start of the year, I would not have believed you. Chris Bassett is another guy with 100 innings and 100 strikeouts at this point in the year. But you say Kikuchi, man. Wow. Uh, he has really impressed me. He has done a great job narrowing down his control a little bit better. I know he's still prone to some hard contact. I know he's still prone to some walks, but man, he has been dealing this year. And I mean, it's, it's a perfect supporting cast right now, Jesse. It's, it's one of those things where we, you need a guy to step up and Yusei Kikuchi has really stepped up and this, this, when I think of Jose Brios, this is the Jose Brios I think about, man. Yeah. That this yeah. is the Jose Brios I thought we were getting. This is perfect. I'm looking at his stats as a whole right now, and I'm thinking this is perfect. His strikeout numbers um, also are a little bit up. Uh, he's still he's hey he still you know walks probably too many batters. Actually, no, that's really good. 29 walks compared to 101 strikeouts for Jose Brios, Jesse. That's fantastic. In over 100 innings pitched, he's done well. Kikuchi, though, man, he's come an awful long way from those disgusting areas. He still can get it down. I think it's uh, four, uh, you know, mid uh, four twos, something like that. But he has done a fantastic job. Um, our pitching has been great. Obviously, we like Manoa has really been the only piece. If he can get it working, man, then we got one of the best rotations of baseball because Bassett has been up there too. Um, he's had some clunkers, yes, but when it comes down to it, you take a step back, look at our stats as a whole in this review, um, and you can be really proud of a guy 
like Jose Barrios. You can be really proud of a guy like Chris Bassett, and you can really be relieved and proud of a guy like Yusei Kikuchi, especially working behind Kevin Gosman, who might just be the best pitcher in baseball right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like our pitching staff as a whole, Jesse, has really exceeded my expectations. Which is good. Pitching and defense win you ball games, right? And the Blue Jays have been getting surprisingly good starting pitching here. You mentioned Chris Bassett, and I want to talk about the additions, the guys that are first-time Blue Jays, Riley. So include guys like Dalton Varsho, Chris Bassett, Eric Swanson, Kevin Kiermeyer. These have been the main guys that we added onto this uh, season this year. And half a season into their Blue Jays career now, Riley, what are your thoughts? Who has really impressed you? Who needs to be a little better? What has changed on your opinions of these players one half into their Blue Jays tenure? Oh, I'm very surprised because I will tell you at the start of the year, I thought it'd be Varsho would be the one who's impressed me the most. Um, Bassett has certainly impressed me the most, but let's not overlook Kevin Kiermeyer. Let's not overlook him at all. He has had a fantastic year at the plate um, for Kevin Kiermeyer. That being said, I don't believe that Kevin Kiermeyer was brought in here to drive in runs or to hit long ball, but an unexpected pop now and again is good. His defense is fantastic, Jesse. I mean, he has been an absolute blessing for this team in a lot of different ways. Yes, Jesse, he's not a guy that's going to hit at the top of the order. We don't need him to. That was supposed to be Varsho. I'll talk yeah. about him in a second. I want to touch on Swanson, who I think has done a fantastic job as well this year. Um, he, he's a high high leverage guy for us in a lot of cases, and he has been another guy that I myself feel very confident in. I like what I see Swanson about to take the rubber in an eighth inning, a seventh inning situation. I think he has one save on the year, whatever. He's on a career high for innings pitched. He has just over four 42 innings pitched. Uh, He is a guy who's going to be here for a while. I think he still has a good amount of team control as well, which I really like. And if he is used properly, maybe not overworked, but I do think he can get those innings that Eric Swanson can be, you know, I don't want to say, it, but I think he could be a kind of like a Dwayne Ward type guy for this organization Ooh, nice at times. I, I truly believe that. And then, yes, Jesse, let's not bury the lead on the new guys. I think that Dalton Varsho has done an underwhelming job at the plate this year. His defense, man, let's just I'll compliment on his defense and base running. His base running hasn't been fantastic. I don't think he's the sharpest base runner, but he does have some steals. He also has some caught stealings. Um, his batting average on the year, 214. Yeah, that's I shake tough. my head at a that's number tough. like that. That's I did. I, I thought it was going to be at the lowest, 225. That's my low for him. If it was 240s, I'd be happy. I'd be ecstatic if it was anywhere near 260, but that's not happening. And okay, so the average is that low. So it can't be that bad. He must be, put, must be putting balls in the seats. No, well, not with a, a 645 OPS. That's not going to get you there. He has 12 on the year. That's slightly less than I would like to see. I would have liked to seen him, Jesse. Another one, a guy I would have had 15 home runs at the All-Star break, man. I didn't even have both. I would have had Vladdy hitting 20. I, want, I would say Chapman and Varsho, 15. Somewhere around there. But... We'll take what we get, but Dalton Varsho has underperformed. He 
is still young, still has team control. He is still developing in ways at the major league level. And he, to really make him a complete player, man, he's got to make more contact at the plate. I, and, that, and the power will come afterwards, Jesse. It's just it's simply you're hitting 12 home runs because you're going 0 for 4 too often in a ball game. That's just where that correlation comes from. He would have more home runs because we've seen him smoke balls, man. He's got absolutely blessed uh, power to his pull side. And Dalton Varsho, I, I expect more good things from you. I don't expect him to claw too much of a batting average as the year goes on. But damn, man, have an OPS around. Uh, just try to get that above 700 before a year's end. Yeah. 645, just not doing it, man. Not not for me, not for what we gave up. It's It's got to happen at a, in a timely and you know the time couldn't be better than the next time we take the field and he steps up yeah a 79 wrc plus riley for dalton varsho has him 14th on the blue jays the only regular that he's better than is santiago espinal and like everyone else has put up a better offensive season than dalton varsho now it could just be a thing first year he traded leagues seeing all these new pitchers whatever it could be but we needed to see more out of dalton varsho keep an eye on that as we get into the second half of the season. Riley, one major storyline I wanted to make sure we touch on is some of the surprises we've gotten, especially out of the guys in our bullpen. Look, Jordan Romano has been a rock, right? He's leading the American League in saves. He has had a few blown saves, but what closer in baseball hasn't, right? You just mentioned Eric Swanson. He's been doing his thing. He's been good, just as advertised. I think he leads the Blue Jays in appearances so far, so we've used him a lot, but it's the other guys. It's Tim Meza who took another step forward this year. He's only allowed four earned runs all year. He hasn't given up a home run yet. He's been very, very solid from the left-hand side. It's guys like Nate Pearson, who before we weren't even sure he was going to pitch. He has now firmly cemented himself as a guy in this bullpen. It's guys like Trevor Richards, who people wanted DFA'd months ago, has actually turned into a good pitcher. In fact, his vertical movement on his fastball is the best in baseball, and his changeup is like one of the most best pitches in baseball at getting swings and misses. So that's been a surprise for me is that these guys at the bullpen, and I guess you can look the other way. It's Jimmy Garcia not being as effective this year when he was like our eighth inning guy going into last year. So I guess that's been kind of my other main storyline I wanted to touch on for the Toronto Blue Jays this season. I, as of late, have really, 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 Jesse, enjoyed what Trevor Richards has done, man. Me I mean, when he was an opener, he held it on, and he comes back in relief and has done a fantastic job, man. 67 whiffs to 17 Ks, and his workload just keeps getting more and more, which I am totally fine with. Um, and I really enjoy a lefty like Tim Meza. I almost wish we had another one somewhere in the pen. But Tim... Hey, Tim Meza is doing things, man. He has done a fantastic job this year at really limiting getting any. Like, I know you said no home runs allowed, but I think with exception to one appearance, he's really just limited base runners in general. He yeah. has done a fantastic job. I'm looking at it right now. Four earned runs all year, Jesse, yeah, for Tim it. Meza. That's it. Four earned runs. The same amount of earned runs as Bowden Francis and Mitch White. And wow. I know that the inning, <laughs> I know there's more innings than that. So there you go. Like he has impressed me a, a, a substantial amount, man. And even Gar having Garcia there at times as he has picked up his game, he he'll have a streak here and there where it's not very good, but Swanson and Hey, even Nate Pearson has stepped up his game too. I'm fine with our bullpen. You can never have too many bullpen arms, um, but here, and then, I, I you may make your salivate a little bit if you watch the American League East over the past four or five years. Ch a guy named Chad Green 
should be coming um, onto our 26 man here um, within the next, I would say 30 days. Yep. And another, and I mean, Zach pop is, is set to return here very shortly too. And I don't know about you, Jesse, I'm a Zach pop kind of guy. Sure. I like to see him go. He's got a great, great heavy sinker to his game. Great complimentary bullpen piece. Um, I mean, you could go a lot of different ways with this man, but I've been the bullpen and pitching in general has really impressed me. It really, you can look at it and say that our best pitcher has been our worst pitcher, but I mean, Gosman easily takes over that spot as number one ace, but as a whole, Jesse, our pitching has been fantastic. Absolutely, man. Riley. So I want to go through some Blue Jays statistics and just see how some Blue Jays have done this year and see, is there a surprise or, or is this just right or whatever it is that may be? And then we can talk about a quick surprising player performance. And I, uh, Riley, I want to start with um, RBI totals for the Toronto Blue Jays this year. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. leads the Blue Jays in runs batted in. He's got 58. Bo Bichette is second on the team at 52. And there's a tie for third right now with only 39 RBIs driven in. And that's Matt Chapman and George Springer. In fact, Whit Merrifield is only one behind him at 38. So out of those run producer guys, is there a name there that surprises you? Is this what we met expectations or did we want more? So Bo, Bo's number is higher than I thought. Um, we got to have, because I'm looking at the list right now too. Chapman yeah. has got to, Chapman's got to have 50 RBIs right now. Uh, Varsho only has 30 on the air. He's another guy I would have put to, you know, have, he should have 15 more than, than that number and belt with some limited playing time should have yeah, more runs 20? driven into that's tough. Yeah, yeah that, that is, that is a tough one. That is a tough one. You love to see, Hey, George Springer, we haven't mentioned him yet. George Springer has done a fantastic job so far this year. In my opinion, George Springer has been, um, just, I, I, I mean, it's better than the last two seasons he's put together here in Toronto. And I hope this continues because George is having a fantastic year. Vladdy, too shy of 60. I mean, it's he's still our best quote-unquote run producer. But again, Jesse, it comes back to you still want more. You expect more. I expect more. And of course, I want more. I want more out of him. Yeah, I think we'll get there. And then uh, let's turn to speed. Stolen bases for the Toronto Blue Jays, Riley. Uh, Whit Merrifield leads the team with 19 stolen bases. Second on the list is George Springer. And then third with 13. And then third on the list is Dalton Varsho with 11. In fact, Kiermaier has 10, but no one else has more than four after that. So stolen base names. Is that what we thought? Is there a surprising name on this list? What do you got? Those, number, those numbers are higher than what I would have thought. And I love that Springer has 13. I'm really not surprised um, at any of those. Whit for years has been one of the best base runners in major league baseball. And he is shown, man, he has stolen third multiple times this year. Not an easy thing to do. I love that VAR shows up there over 10 as well. And yeah, but Springer having 13, I mean, George Springer doesn't have Kiermaier speed. I mean, whether you're a good base runner, I don't think Kiermaier is an exceptionally good base runner. I think George Springer is a good base runner. And 13 steals on the year for him is absolutely great. What I also like out of those numbers, too, is that I'll say George Springer has only been caught stealing twice yeah, out of good. 15 attempts for 13 to 15 spot. So that's that's really good. That's I think I think it's our best percentage. I don't have the numbers. I'm just trying to do quick math. But George Springer has been a great base runner this year. Witt's been caught seven times. But again, it's a mass thing. Ricky Henderson, who leads all baseball all time with stolen bases, also leads the most caught stealing. So it's one of those trade-offs, Jesse, that you either like it or lump it. But the fact that we have four guys with over 10 
seven steals. And it, hey, said, hey, we got four guys with 10 steals. Who are they? I'm a potential 2020 seasons for Bo Bichette, I think is gone. Like, I don't think you're going to see that speed from a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has more uh, stolen bags than Bo Bichette on the year uh, for that matter, too. So just kind of crazy. But the bigger bags obviously making a difference for a guy like Witt. He's going to get 30 steals on the year. Maybe double-digit home runs. That would look really good on his baseball reference page. I'm very happy that we do have. But it's good to see the physical numbers. Four guys with double digits. First half. Always nice to see, Jesse. Yeah, and I want to talk now about uh, war leaders for the Toronto Blue Jays on the offensive side before we switch over to some pitching categories. We can just really quickly, because we're running out of time, we have to go through this here. But Boba Shett has 3.2 war, which leads the Blue Jays. Matt Chapman is next with 2.6. And third on the list is actually Kevin Kiermeyer at 1.9. I don't think we expected Kiermeyer to be a top three Blue Jay in war. But Boba Shett, Matt Chapman, Kevin Kiermeyer, some notable names you might have thought should be there that aren't there. George Springer isn't there. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. isn't there. And Dalton Varsho isn't there. So... Bichette, Chapman, Kiermaier, top three on more. Got a quick thought on any of that? Yeah, Bull Bichette, more than deserving. He has been our best player. Um, he's going to make a run at the th – I mean, this is it. This is Bo's season. His his batting average is through the roof. I Probably the, the highest he's had it over the course of a half year. I believe it's the 317. So the fact that he's batting over 310 with the amount of hits he's going to lead, going to lead major league baseball, going to lead the American league. And I think, well, I think Luis Arias has the hits down probably, but Bo Bichette with 122 hits at the all-star break is, is fantastic, man. 78 yeah. to get to. To get to 200, right? Yeah. He'll get 200. That. I think he's, I think he's got a real legitimate chance to get hundred hits. That's what I that's what I predicted. I think he's going to do it. Okay, yep. Yeah. And to the pitching side, Riley, and war leaders for pitching, surprising nobody. Kevin Gosman has already put up a four war first half. Second on that list is 1.7 from Jose Barrios. And maybe a surprising one. There's a tie for three here with one war apiece. It's Tim Meza and Jordan Romano, both batting one war onto that. If you look at our ERA leaders, now this is with an innings minimum of only uh, zero. So no innings minimum. But your ERA leader is Tim Meza followed by a bunch of guys who don't qualify. And then Jordan Romano at 295. And coming up third on the list is Kevin Gosman with a 3.03 ERA. So some good stuff there. And I always like to check out ground ball rates, Riley, just to see who's throwing the ball on the ground. And Tim Meza, 56.1% ground ball rate, followed by Jimmy Garcia. And then Adam Simber actually makes this list at 47.9. So some good stuff in the Blue Jays pitching side as well. Gotta love our relief pitchers showing up when it, when it matters. Good to see Garcia on that list. Too. But yeah, Meza, uh, another guy who has been very unsung this year and what he's done. And Jordan Romano, hey, I know he's had some blown saves, man, but when it really counts, he's the guy you want on the hill for the ninth. Gosman, just slightly over three ERA, man. There's a good chance that he could finish with uh, ERA in the twos this year, man. I mean, there's a really good possibility. There's also a really good possibility that a guy like Yusei Kikuchi and Chris Bassett can even lower them from, you know, their, I said, think Bassett's sitting around a 420. Yusei Kikuchi sitting around a 425. It only takes a few starts to really drag that number down. And Jose Brio's standing right, right in the middle at 3.5. I mean, our starting pitchers out of those four have been great in our bullpen. When you have those amount of pitchers in the bullpen, with a sub-3 ERA, man, 
That's awesome to see. That's how you know a lot has gone right. Yes, things have gone wrong, but we're ta not talking about that right now. We're talking about the things that have gone right for the Toronto Blue Jays teams, and those names that were just said over the past two minutes have got it down this year. And obviously, that needs to continue. Second half for this recipe, for this rotation and bull and to work out. Yeah, I think we've covered all the main storylines from the first half of the season here. Uh, Riley, before we call an end to the episode here and really send the Blue Jays off into the second half, do you have a favorite moment or a favorite game that took place so far in the first half? Like, you could do the home opener, you could do the season opener where the Blue Jays went wild and won 10 to 9. There's the one where Tampa Bay was on a massive win streak that the Blue Jays snapped there. There was Chris Bassett who had the complete game shutouts. You know, there were a few good ones in there. Do you have a favorite game or moment of the first half of the Toronto Blue Jays? I mean, I really did enjoy that Chris Bassett one. That was fantastic. I feel like he had a, a great performance. We haven't had a complete game shutout for that. And it's, it's so long, man, it seems. And the fact that Bassett did that, um, I think, was was a great game. Yeah, we've had some exciting home openers, of course, though, Jesse. That, that one, um, another one that makes you want to rip your hair out uh, to start the season off as we both – both know that season openers can be quite stressful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, man, I was impressed with, um, I think, a few games early on when Chapman was lacing doubles in the Rogers Center. Uh, the the catch early on, our home opener with Kiermaier making that catch at the wall uh, was fantastic as well. George Springer as of recently, has made a couple diving catches to his backhand side and right field. I've loved those. Really like the defensive performance. And I think recently, too, uh, Varsho making a catch off the or play off the wall, played it perfectly off the wall, and uh, uh, throws to Espinal. Espinal cuts the ball off, throws home to Jansen, and we get the base runner by a matter of, and I mean probably an inch. So, I mean, hey, I like the, the bat. Hey, when we're not hitting as many home runs, you got to go with what what the entertainment is on the field, and that is defense because I have been thoroughly impressed by our defense and pitching, Jesse. It's been absolutely great. It's a treat, man, because you look at the outfield we have and the success our pitchers have had. I mean, it's good. At the end of the day, Jesse, we're fans. We want to be entertained, and of course, we want our team to do good, but I think it's safe to say that uh, this is a pretty exciting Blue Jays team to watch, man. All right. Well, we are off. That is our first half a recap. And there's a lot of good stuff we've seen from the Toronto Blue Jays. As mentioned, it still doesn't feel like they've hit our stride. We still have some ways to go. So comment down below. What was your favorite moment of the first half? What things have impressed you? What else do you want to see as this team goes into the second half? We are taking a break for the all-star break. We won't be back on until after the Arizona Diamondbacks series recap, unless there is a major trade or something going on. But if you're a Blue Jays fan and you are just finding us for the first time right here, please like the video, subscribe to the channel. Riley and I, we've been doing this for over 116 episodes now. We have no plans on stopping anytime soon. We're going to keep this thing going. And hey, we're just a couple of guys who love talking Toronto Blue Jays baseball. So leave a comment, follow us on the socials. We'll talk some Blue Jays baseball with you. Riley, any last words for the Toronto Blue Jays as we get into the second half here? Hit more home runs. Yes, please. More. Clutch in clutch spots. I didn't give player grades. I didn't give B plus, A plus, whatever. Yeah, ran out of time. Right around where I thought we were. The only thing that's missing, Jesse, honestly, the only thing that's missing for me is the extra base hits. 
and mostly home runs and in big spots as well. Other than that, I'm very proud of what our Blue Jays have done in the first half of the 2023 season. All right, well, let's get in for a big second half and let's buckle up and for a big Blue Jays summer. Let's fill that dome. Let's get rocking and let's get the Blue Jays into the playoffs and for a deep run this year. Until then, we'll see you guys later. I'm Jesse and that's Riley McConnell. We'll see you guys later next week. Thanks, guys.